Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 16, is called A Good Door Knocker I Am Not. Now, I hope you can already tell I'm not talking about being glued up onto somebody's door and allowing folks to beat upon my head and shoulders. I am not a door knocker. I don't aspire to be. Having said that, I'm not very good at knocking on doors either, and I'll talk to you about that in just a few minutes. Episode 16. It's hard to believe that we're this far into the journey. Maybe 16 episodes is not that far, but it's just kind of amazing to me that we're already there. I sure am glad that you've been with us on the journey. Whether this is your first time with us or whether you've been with us all the way through, welcome. Sure good to have you aboard, and I hope that you'll tell somebody about this podcast if you've enjoyed it and help it to grow. It's been a lot of fun doing it so far, and I hope that we can continue. Sure do appreciate you being with us. Well, I told you early on that I would tell you a little bit about me as we go on in this podcast. One of the things that I've mentioned is that I really enjoy singing. I always have. I grew up in a singing family. Hard to believe. I know people today look at you like you're a Martian if you tell them that your family used to sit around at night and sing together. We really did. Not every night, but we sang together and it was not unusual. We parceled out the parts and we blew a pitch, usually way down low because many of us were low down kinds of folks, and we sang together. It was a lot of fun and I loved it. And then I began to sing in school. I began to take some piano lessons. I began to learn more about harmony and parts and that kind of thing. We did a lot of singing at church. You know, you just weren't very musical if as much as I was exposed to music of all sorts, it didn't take a little bit. Got into high school and started singing. Well, in junior high, I was singing in choir and thoroughly enjoying it. Had a great teacher, Mr. G.G. Radke. And then I went on into high school and had a great teacher, one of Mr. Radke's former students, Frank Frisbee. When I started in high school choir, here's an interesting anecdote. Let me drop a name for you. The astronaut Rick Husband. Well, he was a great guy before he was an astronaut, and he was a student with me at Tascosa High School in Amarillo. We started choir together out in a portable building. A new music wing was being built at Tascosa during those years. The old Amarillo High burned down. They redrew the district lines there, the high school lines in Amarillo. If you were a senior or were about to be a senior, you had a choice. You could go to the new Amarillo High, or you could stay at Tascosa if that's where you were. If you were a junior, as I recall, you didn't have as much of a choice. You had to go kind of where the lines, the new redrawn lines put you. One way or another, it's all a little unclear to me now, but Rick ended up as the choir president at Amarillo High. I ended up, they were in terrible shape, evidently, at Tascosa for choir presidents because I ended up as the choir president there. I think we both had good experiences at those two high schools. I really do. Sure was proud of what Rick went on and did later. He was such a fine guy, such a, a person of faith. 
I've told several folks that, you know, if you were a high school choir president in Amarillo, you had two choices. You could be a pastor or you could be an astronaut. Well, I'm just kidding. You know, I chose to be a pastor. I'm not kidding. He chose to be an astronaut. But he was a great man of faith and a wonderful man in general. He was a great guy. And I'm so proud to have been even a little bit connected with him. Years later, and this is another story, I talked to Rick when we both ended up at a gathering back at the new Amarillo High School. Years later, Rick had already been up in the space shuttle, had made his mark as an astronaut. My nephew, John Shelburne, had become a Marine JAG attorney, and he had made his mark in many ways, but defending the aviator who flew through that Italian ski cable there at Aviano, Italy. And it had been, you know, quite a quite a deal. And so his name had been in the paper a lot, and Rick certainly was. Amarillo High, well, their mascot, I'm so sorry for them, but their mascot is dirt. Their mascot, they're Sandys. And I really am kind of kidding here. I'm kidding. We were the Tascosa Rebels, but they're the Amarillo High Sandys. The Sandys have a Sandy Hall of Fame. And so they were inducting Rick and John into the Sandy Hall of Fame. I was honored to be there to witness them receiving that honor. It was a great day. I told Rick later, you know, the only thing that I can think of that would have been better would be for you to have been able to be inducted into the Tascosa Rebel Hall of Fame, but I guess just not everyone can do that. So anyway, it's pretty good to be in the Sandy Hall of Fame. Well, it's better than pretty good. Later, they would induct my brother, Gene, into the Sandy Hall of Fame for teaching Bible there for decades, John's father, and uh, that's another story. Anyway, that to me is a little bit interesting. I hope it is to you that uh, Rick and I were both choir presidents there in the same town in different schools in Amarillo. And I say all of that just to, well, to drop a name, I guess, but also just to tell you how big a part of my life music has always been. I was still in high school when three older guys at our church invited me into the church office one day and asked me to sing bass on a song that they were working on together. As it turns out, it was an audition. I began singing bass with the Psalms 4 Quartet, and I enjoyed that tremendously. I sang with them through my high school career. We started talking about making a record, and about that time, it was time for me to go to college. But we were at a place in Amarillo that produced mostly rock bands, but we were going to try to see if we could do an acapella album there. It didn't work out. We didn't get to do that. They've made a number of albums since then. Years later, I would sing with another quartet in Amarillo. We did get to make an album together. And all through life, I've been singing, doing music in one way or another. Then a number of years ago now, several years ago now, I decided to get serious about it again in a little bit more focused way. And I have now done three albums, and I'm working now on my fourth. Oh, and I'm so glad you asked me about that. I'll tell you a little more about that later on. Music is a big part of my life. Singing brings such joy to me. God's love, God's joy, God's grace, God's mercy. It's so wonderful. Why wouldn't we want to sing about it? A number of years ago now, my wife and I were sitting at home I'm sure some of the kids were at home as well, but suddenly a knock came at the door. Now, some knocks are very distinctive, and if you've ever heard a police knock, a law enforcement officer's knock, 
you know it is completely distinctive. It is done with serious authority. It is usually louder than most knocks. This is not a tentative knock. This is a knock that wants a response. And even if, say, a friend is coming to your house who just wants to talk to you and who happens to be a Department of Public Safety officer, a state trooper, when he knocks at your door, he will knock in the way that he's used to knocking. And if you are a couple, as we were, who had four teenage sons at the time, may I just say, as good a kids as they were and as I think they still are, when you have teenage sons at home and you hear a law enforcement officer's knock, your blood runs a little cold and your mind starts jumping in some circles and a lot of them aren't all that much fun. As it turns out, we had nothing to be scared about. This gentleman was a good friend. He was a great guy, still is, and he just was coming by. He wanted to shoot the breeze for a while. And since he is a DPS officer, he has a DPS officer's knock. And I told him later, my dear friend, using his name, I said, come by any time. I am always happy to visit with you, but would you mind calling first? because that knock was just a little bit scary. Yeah, knocks can be distinctive. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit in just a minute. Well, I told you earlier about my love for music, and I'm leading up now to my spot in the podcast where I give a little bit of an ad. This ad is for my fourth album. These days, it's almost hard to know what to call a recording. Any recording is a record, because record is short for recording. You can talk about an album just fine, no matter what it's printed on, recorded on, how it's distributed. It's a compilation of music. It's an album. It's a recording. It's a record. Well, I'm about to do another record. I've done three, one of a kind of light contemporary Christian nature, one of Christmas songs, another of the old American songbook songs, the Nat King Cole, Tony Bennett kind of songs, those old sweet love songs. So much fun. All of them have been fun in different ways and a blessing to me and I hope to other people. Whatever the subject matter, whatever the style, I hope God's joy just drips out of every note. Recording is some of the hardest work I've ever done. It's also some of the most fun. So I'm really looking forward to going in just about a week to Nashville again, and I'll be recording the vocals, my vocals, for the songs that will be on an album that, and here we need a drum roll, I think I'm going to call Almost Home. A lot of the songs that are going to be on this album are old Christian religious gospel songs. They're songs that have meant a lot to a whole lot of us. Songs like Rock of Ages. Songs like Peace in the Valley, songs like What a Friend We Have in Jesus, songs like Redeemed, How I Love to Proclaim It, and then some other songs that you may not know. Do you remember the old ballad, The Ninety and Nine? I loved that song when I was a kid. I still do, and I've got a great arrangement. You're going to love it. Anyway, there's some songs like these that I've just mentioned on the album and a number of others, and I think you're going to enjoy it. They sure have been fun to get ready. We've already recorded the instrumentals on most of them. We're going to be adding some things. Again, I'm going to Nashville in a week or so to put my vocals on, to work with the background vocalists, to add another instrumental or two. This afternoon, believe it or not, I am remotely recording with the guys in Nashville the instrumental track 
for another of the songs that we're going to have on the album. And so there's a lot going on in that regard right now. It really is a lot of fun. It is a lot of work, but I love doing it. I really enjoy every step along the way in the project, but it sure is nice when it's ready and available and I can share it with people. So I hope you'll be watching for my new album. I'd love it to be out before Christmas. I don't know if we'll make that or not, but we're going to try. And I'm telling you here, you heard it first. I think I'm going to entitle it Almost Home because a lot of these songs talk about home, our home here, our joys and our blessings here, as well as how to get through our sorrows here. And they all in one way or another touch on our eternal home. Almost Home. Almost Home. If you want to know more about these albums, you can find out more about them at my website, www.curtisshelburn.com. I hope you take a look. I think you'll like what you find there. And now, let's focus on faith. I might as well just admit it. I am not a good door knocker. Knock, knock. Who's there? Probably not me, or you'd not have heard the clatter. I don't like to make noise. I like peace and quiet and assume that others do too, so I tend to knock too quietly. Nor do I enjoy having to stand outside a door as I realize that I knocked too tentatively and that it's probably my own fault that I'm standing there waiting wondering if anyone is home, if anybody heard my wimpy knock and how long I should wait before knocking apologetically again. Knocking by its very nature seems intrusive. I don't like to bother people. I'd starve as a door-to-door salesman, religious pamphlet passer-outer, etc., for all of the reasons above and more. If when the door knocker knocks, he's praying that no one is home, He is not well-suited for door-knocking. But some people are, like the guy in Jesus' parable in Luke 11. It seems to me the fellow is a few slices short of a loaf. Actually, he's three loaves short of enough for company. Oh, and did I mention? He's you. Don't be offended, but you are a little clueless in this parable. It is, however, Jesus' story and not mine and the Lord calls him you. You show up at a friend's house at midnight, unannounced. You shouldn't have. Granted, you'd have had to wait about 2,000 years to call or text ahead, but you shouldn't have done that either. There's no way to shine this up. You knocked, loudly, with authority, even though you have none. I'm sorry, but if this is you, I figure you... There's quotes around that. Stand in people's personal space and talk too loudly, even at decent hours. Spittle sputter. Buzzard breath. You may be a tad short of friends. But you've rattled the timbers around this particular soon-to-be-former friend's door. At midnight. Three-quarters asleep, he stumbles over and manages to raise the bedroom window. Hey, fool, we're trying to sleep here. The lights are out, the door is locked, and my kids are finally asleep, or at least they were. Go away. Where I live, we're more civilized. 
we might just forego the filibuster, cock the 45, and growl, GIT! G-I-T! Exclamation point. That's a nice addition to the English language, and it says so much in such a short space. Git. But you plead your case. Another friend has shown up for a visit, and you don't have a morsel or crumb anywhere in the house. You figure a loan of three loaves of bread will be enough. Wheat, not white. Mind wrapping it up? Are you daft? No. Please? No. You sure? For heaven's sake, let me sleep. Just this once? The window slammed shut, curtains pulled, unprintable snarls, a baby's yowling. Louder, unprintable growls, heavy steps, bolts sliding, a door flung open, more snarls, a package of, presumably, three loaves shoved in your chest, a door slammed in your face. You probably won't be doing a garage sale together anytime soon, but you got the bread. Why? Jesus says it's because you're a loud jerk. Well, he calls you, quote, shamelessly persistent, unquote. The Lord tells this story in the midst of some of his most amazing teaching on prayer, and he is telling us something important about our Father. Above all, notice that this is not a comparison. It's a contrast. We are not obnoxious neighbors who get on God's nerves. We're the sons and daughters in whom he delights. So keep asking, seeking, knocking. It's your father's deepest joy to open the door to his children. Anytime. Any time. Any time at all. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.